Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Still on the throne. Like you know that God is still on the throne. Like you know that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Like you know that in him there is no darkness and no shadow of turning. That's how you preach. You preach like he's giving you the victory. I shared in the huddle this morning, like, you know, a few people made a comment about my shirt. And the shirt says Invictus. I know a lot of people don't really know that because that's not really a term or a word that we typically use. But Invictus is an old school Latin word, which actually means unconquerable. And if I could be honest with you this morning, I don't feel unconquerable. But I am a firm believer that sometimes you got to get it on you before you get it in you. And so this morning, the Lord reminded me, he said, son, I need you to to minister from a place. I walked into a spider web. I have no clue how that happened. So so I'm not up here tweaking. I'm not up here tweaking. I walked into a spider web and I just felt it on me. Anyhow. (laughs) Invictus, right? So God told me, you know what? I need you to share a little bit about what it is that I've done with you and encourage the believers in the house that are tuned in, that are in the, in the house this morning, that they, they, have, they have been called to the same calling. So today, this morning, I want to talk to you about the chain breaker. The chain breaker. Sometimes it's, 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 it's hard for us to remember that God is in control of everything. Scripture tells us that, that our days have been mapped out, that he's written everything out, he's orchestrated, he is the author and the finisher. He knows the end from the beginning, which reminds me of a poem from Corey Ten Boom. I don't know if you guys have heard, heard of her, but Corey said this, my life is but a weaving between my God and me. I cannot choose the colors he weaveth steadily. Oft times he weaveth sorrow. And I in foolish pride forget he sees the upper and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttle cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and reveal the reason why. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. He knows, he loves, he cares. Nothing this truth can dim. Who leave the choice to him. He gives the very best to those. Exodus 20, verse 12 says this, Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. I don't know about many of you, but I grew up in church uh, my mom did her best to make sure that she, she deposited the word of God in me and my sisters. And uh, this, was, this was one of the, the, the very 
scriptures, one of the first scriptures that we learned was, was to, to honor mom and dad because it would be well with us, right? And, and so that's, that's one of the things that's like, that, that, that's been in me since, since the beginning. Like all the way up now into my 40s, I, I, I realized that there's an importance in honoring your mother and father. Why? Because they're a representative of our heavenly father. Amen? There's authority that's been placed in our lives. And so one of the things that I found is that, you know, that there's not a stipulation to that. It's not like honor your mother and father as long as they do what you agree with. Honor your mother and father as long as they provide for you and take care of you. Honor your mother and father as long as they, they, they deem themselves worthy in your side of being honored. In recent, recent weeks, um, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm in my 40s. I'm coming to a new stage in life and uh, having grown kids and learning the fact that my parents are getting older. And there's certain other responsibilities that come about from your parents getting older. And uh, my father, who has recently gotten his life together, uh, has been living on his own, living independently for for, uh, several months now. And it's been over 20 some odd years that that he's been able to live on his own. He's been been strung out, out in the streets, running around, all kinds of stuff. And that was what pretty much what our relationship was throughout my, my growing up. And one of the things is that my father and I never had a good relationship. However, uh, a few weeks ago, he happened to call me and he just didn't sound right. He sounded kind of funny on the phone. Sounded like, like maybe he had some kind of medical issues going on. And so I decided to drop in and, and see him. So I went to go see him. And uh, long story short, I went there, saw his apartment, nice apartment, nice place and everything. He's still sober and clean, uh, but I think age is starting to get the better of him. And I think that some of, some of the, the overwhelm, the, the, the things of life are overwhelming him. Like, think about this. Think about how much technology has, has progressed over the last, just in the last five to 10 years. And for you to be disconnected from that from 20, 25 years, it's like you, you, you've been dropped on a new planet. So I found out my dad's been overwhelmed by like technology, uh, the responsibility of, of being responsible for yourself, all these things. And uh, when I went into his apartment, I noticed that his apartment was, wasn't kept. And so being the, 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 the man of God that I am, and I'm not doing this to, to toot my own horn or anything, but the Lord was like, you need to help him clean up. Honor, honor my mother and father. I need to, I need to help him clean up. Because I wouldn't feel right to come in there and just leave the place the same way that I found it. So I, so I, I begin to sweep and I begin to, to, to mop and straighten things up. And I was reminded of the scripture to, to honor your mother and father, for this is right in the Lord. Mind you, like, my, my father had probably not done that much for me in my whole life. But yet I was like, no, I, I, I can't leave this like this because this is my father. So fast forward, I, I, I do all that. Um, of course, word travels through the family. And one of the things that happened is, is 
Pastor Uncle pulled me to the side about a week after that, and we were, we were chopping it up and talking, and he said something to me that, that hit me to my core because I completely forgot about it. In life, for me, the things that I always wanted to do is, 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 was two things that I could remember at the time, which was I wanted to, to be as successful in, in my, my music career, but I also wanted to have a family of my own. And so I have, I have a family and uh, a, a beautiful wife, four beautiful children, and uh, just praise God for that. But in my conversation with, with Pastor Uncle, he says, you know what? Donald, you're a good son. And it resonated with me because I forgot that all my life, that was all I ever wanted to be, was a good son. I forgot about that because my relationship with my father, I'd always been at odds with him so much. I was always getting beat. I was always getting in trouble. I was always, there was always this thing between us. And yet here it was. I had the opportunity to honor him, even though he hadn't showed me honor. I'm talking about breaking chains. See, the, the, the thing about this is, is that many people will have an opinion about your life and what your life looks like. They, they'll be quick to put their mouth on about how, oh, man, you, you tripping off. You going to let that bother you or that, that you know, man, I could have made it through that. You don't know that. You don't know that. And let me just say this for the record. Often, often, the loudest voices come from the cheapest seats. Often, the loudest voices come from the cheapest seats. And the reason why I say that is because I don't know about you, but I've, I've felt over the course of, of maybe the past couple of months, I feel like the, 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 the greatest heckler and the greatest accuser has been heckling and harassing the saints of God. While we're busy in the game, maneuvering and, 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 and running the plays, that we've been being heckled. And some of us have actually been distracted by the voices. And I need you to understand that, 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 that you, one of the things that you have to realize is that as a chain breaker, you're not called to be like everybody else. Like, your relatives may be comfortable with certain things, but that don't mean that you got to be. So some of you might be in here and you may be thinking, like, like I, this chain-breaking idea is a, is a whole new concept to me. Well, let me help, help unfold this to you. One of the things that you need to understand is that God has, has had you in mind from the beginning. His plans for you are perfect. Nothing, nothing in your life has surprised him. Oh, that, that unplanned pregnancy, that didn't surprise him. The divorce, oh, that didn't surprise him. Are you following? Psalm 139, verse 13 through 16 says, You made all of the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. That means before you were even started breathing, he had your life mapped out. 
Acts 17, verses 24 through 27 says this. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. And human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. Verse 27, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel around, feel their way around toward him and find him, though he is not far from us. What I need you to understand this morning, chain breakers, is that no matter the circumstances of your birth, you are not an accident. You are not an accident. What is a chain breaker? A chain breaker is the one that God uses to end the legacy of rebellion against him and dysfunction passed down from parents and grandparents. A chain breaker is the one God uses to start a new legacy of faith, faithfulness, and blessing to pass on to the next generation. Why? Because we're all born into sin. All of us are born into sin. No one is made perfect. We were all born into sin, shaped in iniquity. You have been intentionally and strategically placed in a position for God to use every one of your experiences for a greater good and for his glory. Are you guys following? Listen, you could be the very one God strategically ordained and placed in your family to turn things around. But what are these chains? These are the chains I need you guys to pay attention to. I I think we have them in the notes. There are three chains. The first chain is the chain of nature. What does this mean? This means our own selfishness, self-preservation, our lying, our cheating, our stealing, our murderous selves. I mean, let's, 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 let's go back. I mean, you don't, you don't believe it? Let's go back to who stole the cookie from the cookie jar. Not me. Self-preservation, that's our, that's, our, that's our first go-to. Whose turn was it to wash the dishes? Not me. Self-preservation. Who drank the last of the Kool-Aid? Not me. So we have the chain of nature. Like, like it's, it's in us. This, it's that, that sin that we're born with that automatically is like, Adam, where art thou? Well, the woman you gave me. You guys following? The second one is we have the chain of nurture. This is being influenced by our parents' mistakes, believing the same lies, and struggling with their same issues and addictions. I know for me, uh, early on in, in, in my adulthood, like I had a hard time following through with things. Had a, had a hard time finishing things, right? Um, no surprise, dad had the same problem. Start a whole family, peace out, right? 
Not saying that it manifested the same way in me, but it was, it was like that for me with jobs. Like not understanding like, hey, dude, just, just, just part of growing up and being a man is being responsible. You work, you don't work, you don't eat. You know what I'm saying? You got a family, do what you got to do. That means you got you to gotta dig ditches, you dig ditches until something better come along. Right? And so there's certain things that, that, we, we are, that are passed down to us by nurture. So imagine the fact that we have a nature that's already sinful, that we're born with, and then we have sinful parents, myself included, that we pass on to our children, and we nurture that. Are you following? But this is why we're becoming aware of this, so we can, we can do better. The third chain that we have is the chain of choice. The chain of choice. This is the sins we commit ourselves and the bondage that follows. Are you guys following this? We like to refer to these chains and stuff like as generational curses, but some of them are just generational choices. Y'all like, like you, some of the stuff that you, the, the choices, the chains that you locked in are chains from choices. Like you can't put that on your parents, right? Like you didn't get that from me. Nah, you didn't get that from me. I know my mom looked at me a couple of times like, where did that come from? Like, I, I just know. I mean, all of us have been, have, been, have been at that place. Look, the power to break every curse is resident in Jesus Christ, who is our only hope of salvation. Are you following this? I hope you're getting this. And I hope, this making, this, I hope the, the gears in your head are turning and you're thinking about some of the decisions that you've made, some of the things that you see in yourself, some of the stuff that you see in your children, some of the stuff that you, that, that those of you guys that, that are old enough to have children and your parents are still around or maybe your parents are, have gone, but you can look back and see some stuff and look within and see some stuff and look down and see some stuff and you're like, yeah, we got to do better. We got to do something about this. The only way to receive this salvation is through repentance. It's through repentance. God, forgive me for believing the lie. God, forgive me. Forgive me for buying into the lie and giving it to my children. That this is just how our family is. This is, this is the way things are. You, your granddaddy went through it. Your uncle went through it. Your cousin went through it. I mean, that's just the, it's the family curse. I don't know if you guys ever seen uh, Holes. Y'all ever seen that movie, Holes? Holes is, Holes is a good movie. You ain't seen Holes? Watch Holes. It's a good movie. Because it's like about a family, like generational curse. You had Stanley Yelnitz, right? Stanley Yelnitz, which his last name is just his first name backwards. Stanley Yelnitz. And like they had this family curse because his great-grandfather did some shady stuff. And, and you know, Madame Zeroni cursed him. You know, Eartha Kitt. You know what I'm saying? She threw a curse on him. And it wasn't until like he 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 honored the 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 family and and came through that the the curse was broken. But what's awesome about us is that God has not left us to our own devices to try and figure out the, to decipher the code to break the curse. Repent. But what is repentance? Repentance is a gift. That's your get out of jail free card. 
It's a gift. It's the grace God gives us to be honest with him. It's a gift. I understand that, that do you, some, some of us, we, we think more highly of ourselves than we ought to when we look at somebody who's a liar and we were like, like I, I just don't understand. I can't, I, I, can't, I, I can't stand liars. But if you realize we're born with a sinful nature, sometimes, you know, you underestimate how hard it is to be honest. And, and, and we need the gift of grace that God gives us to repent. It's a gift. It's the grace God gives us to be honest with him about our sin and the grace to receive the truth in love so we can turn our lives to Christ in opposition of sin. Listen, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 25 through 26 says this, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. These chains have power, you guys. These chains have power, and that's why it's important that we break them. They can't be, break, they can't be broken by man's strength and man's effort, but we have to understand what, are the, what is the power that is within these chains. The first power that these chains hold is deception. We deceive ourselves by half-hearted repentance. We want freedom from the guilt of sin, but not a real relevant relationship with Jesus. Someone once said, sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you're willing to pay. Deception. We deceive ourselves if we think that we can come with a half heart, like we can come with an ambiguous, I'm sorry. Sorry for what? Oh, I'm sorry. Like, you're sorry for getting caught? You're sorry for, what are you sorry for? We deceive ourselves thinking that we, we, we can just brush. No, how about, how about throw myself at the mercy that, that I ask for forgiveness, not, not just say I'm sorry, ask for forgiveness. Which leads us to the next thing that strengthens these chains is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness strengthens these chains. God wants us to give him all of our hurt and all of our injustices so we can forgive or else we will forever be shackled to the past. I'm going to tell you what, if I had not allowed God to do the work in my heart, I wouldn't even went out there. Let me, let me explain to you. My dad lives in San Mateo. I wouldn't have drove out there had I been still shackled to the past and all of the stuff that all of that baggage. All the injustices. Now, I ain't trying to point, paint a picture like I was a perfect child. I was not. I got some beatings that I deserved, but I got a whole lot of them I didn't, okay? Injustice. 
So if I had held on to the injustices, hardened my heart, and, and, and catch this, there was a time that my heart was hardened. But God, but God, Talk about a heart growing callous. Like, I don't know how God uncalluses a heart. Like, I don't know if he does it like how y'all ladies get pedicures and they uncallous your... I don't know if he does that. I don't know how that works. I don't know if he soaks it and then, you know, uses the, the pet egg thing. I don't know what he does. But, but my heart, I was, like, I was like the Grinch, man. Like, you know, you watch the end of the Grinch and his heart started beating. It was like, oh, what's happening? Right? But unforgiveness will give these, these, these chains, these shackles, strength. And we make ourselves the judge, which is not our place. God is the only righteous judge. Can I get an amen? amen. Lastly, the thing that, that strengthens these chains is darkness. Darkness. Sin loves darkness. Our sinful, selfish nature lives or, or, or lies, the lies of our sinful, selfish nature live in darkness. The truth is the light. Family lies, poverty, you're not smart, wrong color, grew up on the wrong side of the tracks, etc., etc., etc. all these lies. Darkness. We have to be willing to come into the light. We have to be willing to allow him to hold us up to the light. Are you getting this? How do they, how do they tell a counterfeit? Hold it up to the light. If you're resisting being held up to the light, maybe you're counterfeit. John 3, 16 through 21 says this, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what they are doing, that they are doing what God wants. Lies live in darkness. The truth is the light. John 8, 31 through 32 says this. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. When we receive God's word, which is the truth, not my truth, not your truth. Like, truth is not subjective, all right? 
It's subjective. It's like it, it is what it is, right? One plus one is always going to be two. That's it. That's, that, that's it. Like, it's that simple, right? You got that? So the word of God is the truth. His grace comes with it. His grace comes with his word. His grace comes with the truth. Grace is not just the stuff that helps us for when we've sinned or given into temptation. Are you understanding that? Because most of us have that. That's our, that's our perspective of what grace is. Grace is there to help us for our mess ups and clean everything up. But grace is the stuff that empowers us to do the right thing and live out God's plan for our lives. For every lie that says you need to sin, to lust, or feed an addiction in order to survive or be happy, God says, I will take care of you. I will never leave you. And I will meet all of your needs. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that. Philippians 4, 19, we ain't gonna go into that. Write that down. Look it up on your own. So we just read that, that, that Christ has set us free and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. But he also said that, that this is only the case when you remain in my teachings. When you remain in my teachings, when you remain in my word and my word remains in you. And as long as you remain in my word and my word remains in you, you'll receive the grace that comes with it to do what it is that I've called you to do, which is to stay free. So what now? Now that the truth has made us free, it's broken the chains. It's our job to stay free. It's our job to stay free. How do we stay free? We embrace and believe that we are free in the depths of our being. We reject everything that seeks to contradict it or dis disapprove of it. Are you getting this? That means, that means, that means the, the relatives, they always got something to say. That means the, the ideologies that you come across watching Oprah, the, 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 the different things that you see on, on these memes that, that are in your social media that contradict what the word of God says. You are to embrace and believe what God has said in the depths of your being. Reject everything that seeks to contradict it or disprove it and reject the opinions that try to lure you away from believing it. Because some of those opinions come from people that you love dearly. How else do we stay free? We have to meditate on verses that specifically stand against any lies that you have believed. So you can use the scripture to define and filter the way that you think, speak, and live. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? Psalm 119 says this. It says, how can a young person stay pure? Same way an old person stays pure. 
by obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The Message Bible says it like this. It says, how can a young person live a clean life? By carefully reading the map of your word. I'm single-minded in my pursuit of you. Don't let me miss the road signs you posted. I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart so I won't send myself bankrupt. Be blessed, God. Train me in your ways of wise living. I'll transfer to my lips all the counsel that comes from your mouth. I delight far more in what you are telling me about living than in gathering a pile of riches. I ponder every morsel of wisdom from you. I attentively watch how you've done it. I relish everything you've told me of life. I won't forget a word of it. I hide your word in the vault of my heart. I've deposited it. That means I treasure your word more than I do my natural life. I treasure your word. Your word is my greatest treasure. And I'm going to hide it in the vault of my heart. Locked down, secured in my heart. That whenever the enemy comes with the onslaught, a guerrilla attack on my life, I will know what it is to do. I can go to what it is that I've deposited in my heart. Because you know the vote doesn't just have money in it, right? Men of war know what's in it. This, it's a war chest. Y'all watch John Wick? Why is it so important to hide his word in our heart? Tira, would you come to the piano, please? I said earlier, man, like the loudest voices come from the cheapest seats, nosebleed section, right? And people really only get to heckling. Like it ain't usually the winning team or the, the, the fans of the winning team that are heckling the other team. There ain't no need to do that because they win it. But are you disengaged? You got all this time to observe everything. Why is it important that we, that we hide this? It's because we have to do everything possible to stay free. I don't know about, about many of you guys that, that know about, you know, our, our, our country's history of people that have been in bondage and before it was, it was, it was, it was outlawed and illegal that some of them had to, had to run for it. Run for his run. And they had to do whatever it took to stay free. Can I give you the illustration that sin is no different? Can I give you the illustration that, that sin is not happy that you've been liberated? And sometimes the people that, that have been liberated, that whether it was by their own means or by, by somebody coming and rescuing them, 
that their, their former captors were not happy about it. And some of the people that, that went after them, I won't go in there. It's important that we do what we must to stay free. The accuser of the brethren will harass and heckle you to death if you let him. That's why our posture has to be the same as Jesus when he was in the wilderness, led by the Spirit to be tempted of the devil. Psalm told us that he hid his word in his heart so he wouldn't sin against God. When you look at the wilderness encounter with Jesus and the devil, you see the exact same thing. You see the enemy coming to tempt him at an opportune time. And you see Jesus' response was, it is written. Well, Jesus, what about this? It is written. All right, Jesus, let me take you up here and see. It is written. So I don't know what about what, what, what stage you're at in your life. I don't know what's going on with you. But I want to let you know that, that one of the greatest tricks of the enemy is to make you think that he doesn't exist. And I wanted to use this message this morning to confront him. Because he's in here in the aisles. He's in here in the seats. And I want to let you know that he's been a liar from the beginning. He is the father of lies. But we serve the God of truth. And God wants you to be liberated this morning with the truth that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He has not called you to bondage. He has not called you to slavery. He has called you to sonship. I forgot all about it until I had that conversation. That that was my, like, it, it resonated with something in my heart, like it awakened something that I completely forgot about. That really deep down, that was my deepest desire was to be a good son. And I'm hoping that that statement makes a, makes a, a it resonates within your very being today too. That all you desire to do is be, is be a good son or a good daughter. Because we have a good, good, good father. And he desires for you to be a good son and a good daughter. Our posture has to be, it is written. It is written, whom the son sets free is free indeed. Your name is written, etched into the palm of his hand. Whatever it is that you're going through today, he's got you. He wrote your story. I was telling my family this earlier this week. I said, you know what? What sucks about when you're going through a hard, a hard time is the fact that like, it's, it's, it's like a, a really good movie. Like we know that the end is going to be great. Right, we know the end of the movie is gonna be awesome. But what sucks is you just can't binge watch it. 
and just fast forward through it. Like, it's like, I hate when I, when I have to watch those movies on certain platforms and like it goes to commercials. You can't skip past the commercials and stuff like that. Like, it's, it's like that with the hard times. You can't just skip past it. So Lord, I'm gonna trust you while I go through it. Knowing that you see the end from the beginning, knowing that you have, you have made a perfect plan for me. That you're using all things to work together for my good and for your glory. It is written. If you believe that this morning, I want you to stand to your feet. Give God some praise. You got to keep moving forward. Don't get distracted by the rattling of the chains. Because as you keep moving forward in the things of God, they're going to come off. As you keep moving forward in the things of God, they're going to come off. People that don't move don't notice their chains. People that don't move don't notice their chains. So forgive me if you hear me rattling, but understand that I will continue to press toward the mark of the high call. If my ancestors can make moves and shackled feet, so can I. Hallelujah. Lord, you are good. You are good. You are faithful. Lord, we surrender our lives to you today. We say, have your way, Lord. Father, I pray right now for every person under the sound of my voice, Lord. Father, that they would continue to move forward in the things of God. If any of you are in here and you are bound, and you know you're bound, you need to come to the altar. Come to the altar. It don't matter if your chains are rattling behind you, you need to come to the altar. Because the Lord wants to meet with you. The Lord wants to meet with you. I'm not saying that I'm coming that to come to the altar to see me. I'm saying come to the altar because this is where he's at. He wants to make an alteration in your life this morning. Father, I thank you that your word is spirit and life. That your word is truth. that everyone that has received the truth of your word, Lord, and receives the grace that comes along with it, that will empower them to walk in victory. Lord, I thank you that we're not moved by what we feel. We're not moved by what it looks like. We're not moved by what we heard. 
in the grapevine, Lord, we, we are moved by what your word says. And it is written that you have the last say. It is written that we are more than conquerors. Father, I thank you for every heart that is in this building, Lord, every heart that is tuned in this morning. Lord, I pray right now that you would move mightily on our behalf, Father. Lord, that you would divinely intervene in every situation. Father, we thank you that you are the author and finisher of our faith. And Lord, we will not try to jump off the page before you finish. Lord, we will not try and jump off the operation table before you're done doing your work. Lord, we will, we will enjoy the journey. We will stay in the story as you transform us and change us from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from faith to faith, Lord. We declare that we are Invictus, Lord, that we are unconquerable because of what you did through your son on the cross. Jesus, we stand in your finished work that because one believes, the whole household might be saved. Lord, we thank you. We declare that you are good and nothing less. Be glorified in us, Lord. Get all of the glory out of our lives because it all belongs to you. Lord, we pray this, we believe this, and we ask this in the mighty, magnificent, and matchless name of Jesus. We all said amen. Amen. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.